0: people start to react to you like they get triggered because they feel threatened that you're changing or who are you now thinking that you're better this and that. And so sometimes then we like shrink back and we're like, okay, let's continue
1: looks like you've officially entered the group chat with your best friends. My name is Ali Pintucci, and this is the unfiltered podcast, the place where we leave the heavily filtered world of social media to talk about anything and everything uncensored. From personal wellness to entrepreneurship, spirituality, sex, surviving breakups, and hilarious girl talk in between, this is the space for important conversations that women should be having with their best friends. So pour yourself a glass whatever makes you feel good, sit back and join me as I navigate adulthood with real, unfiltered conversations.
2: Hi guys, welcome to today's episode and we're diving into something that is very near and dear to my heart anxiety. (laughs) Um, I'm hanging out with Anna Lilia today and we're talking about um, not only anxiety and how it manifests in our bodies and how you know we came to discover it in our own personal journeys and how we've kind of not kind of how we've learned to manage it better in our lives but we're also talking about high functioning anxiety and I think this is a really interesting thing to chat about with The community, because I don't think a lot of people actually may recognize that it's something that they they deal with. Um, So yeah, we're we're going to talk about our personal journeys today. Um, Anna kind of goes really deep into hers and how she went from, you know, almost maybe having debilitating anxiety to now training and teaching and helping people move through their own personal journeys. So she's been doing this for the last four years, and she guides thousands of people to intimately connect with their breath as a pathway for transformation. She creates personalized healing journeys by combining breath work, intuitive guidance, and curated music. The combination of her clairvoyance and the active breathing creates an accelerated healing session for her clients. Her work is deep, it's transformative, and it's really for anyone who is ready to show up for themselves and change their life. So the awesome thing about Anna is that she regularly facilitates breathwork experiences within huge corporations, some as big as Hyundai, Columbia Records, USC, um, a whole bunch more. And she's been featured on NBC Nightly News, Bravo TV, the LA Times, Harper's Bazaar. And today she's hanging out on the Unfiltered podcast. So I'm hoping that you enjoyed this week's episode. Um, if you have any questions, I highly recommend that you get in touch with Anna yourself. I know she has some awesome virtual um, resources available for people that aren't in Los Angeles. And um, of course, if this is something that you're struggling with, or it's something that you're looking for more resources and ways to manage it better yourself, always remember that I'm here to just share my stories and I'm not an expert. Um, So I highly encourage you to reach out to experts with people that can help you and can make your days a lot better because it was the best thing that I ever did. So
1: here we go. Let's kick off this week's episode with
2: Anna Lilia.
1: Hi, Anna. Hi, Allie. How are you? I'm excited to be here. I'm very excited to have you. We have We've touched on anxiety a little bit in other episodes, but we haven't had an episode to really dive into anxiety, and no one has spoken about breathwork yet.
0: Mm, anxiety so. is huge, especially after the crazy year that we've had. Mm-hmm. I feel like more and more people are experiencing it, mm-hmm. even though they may not even know that that's what they're experiencing.
1: Yep. Sounds like my story.
0: Right? It's (laughs) like, I have these symptoms. I don't know what it is. Like, my stomach hurts. I'm having a hard time sleeping. Um, I'm feeling kind of paranoid, like second-guessing myself. Yeah. Yeah. And all of that is anxiety.
1: Okay, so we're going to dive into that. But before we get started, why don't you tell us where you are right now, what your story is, Word vomit. Tell us everything and um, how you also got to be doing what you're doing now. Cool. So
0: I'm in Los Angeles and I grew up in Napa, California. So it's beautiful area, wine country up in, in Northern California. And then I moved to LA after college. Um, the first Parts of my year, I I actually came to LA to, it's like stereotypical, right? I wanna be on TV. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I wanted to be a TV host and I just didn't like the game of trying to get into the industry and all of the BS that's a part of that. Mm-hmm. However, I was introduced to the commercial world and so I ended up working as a commercial actor, ended up having Success, But then I got to the point where I was tired of feeling like I wasn't in charge of my life and I had to depend on other people to decide whether or not they wanted to hire me. And that was really stressful. And I just wanted to stop. I wanted to feel empowered and just have more charge of my life. Before I discovered what, what breath work is, part of my frustration was with my career but then also personally like my relationship i just felt like i wasn't really being heard or given supported in the way that i wanted to mm-hmm. my volunteerism that i was doing like my i was also an activist with my union I also there wasn't feeling respected or heard. And so there was a lot of frustration and I had major victim story going on where life was just happening and I'm not appreciative, right? Everyone's out to get me. Like what, why is life so hard? (laughs) It's so much easier for everyone else. Like why am I, me, 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 right? Mm -hmm. And then randomly, one of my girlfriends had a facial with a healer. She didn't know that it was a healer. I didn't even know what a healer was at the time. And she had this beautiful experience that I was the first person she shared it with where she started to cry and she just had this like emotional release. And I'm a a really curious person. So I'm like, I want to book this facial. (laughs) I want (laughs) to see what comes up for me. And that's basically where I had my awakening with this woman where I didn't even end up having a facial. She's like, you don't need a facial, you need a healing. So she put me on her massage table and I don't even know what she was doing, but basically everything that she was saying was validating how I felt. So she's doing body work, like Reiki or I she's a shaman.
1: Okay. And she was like pulling channeling. She was
0: pulling dark (laughs) old shit where I was like crying at one mm. point i even felt like i was levitating like she would touch me in different areas but i think mm-hmm. it was just more to like activate the movement towards the release like
1: where your portals are yeah people are listening to this they're like what the fuck are you guys talking?" About? <laughs> don't worry we're gonna get
0: what you did you smoke before this <laughs> um yeah and i was blown away like i couldn't believe this lady knew nothing about me and everything that she was saying like she was asking about my dad And my dad was an alcoholic when I was a child. So that was a really big trauma that I was just starting to explore um, through therapy, in therapy. And so that was coming up. And me also being the oldest of four daughters. I come from immigrant parents as well. So that whole experience, um, so it was a lot. It was a really intense session. But the beautiful thing is that afterwards, I felt like a brand new person. Mm -hmm. And I stepped out to the street. And I felt people like turning to look at me. And it wasn't because of how I looked, but rather like energetically, I felt like I was just shining so bright that people were like, what is going on?
1: You were like in control again.
0: Yes. And in my power and in my light. And actually, right after her, my session with her, I had an audition. And as well, like, even the connection with the camera felt different. Like, i was in control and i think Mm -hmm. i ended up booking the job so anyways that was my first experience to this spiritual healing world and i just wanted to continue exploring i wanted to see if i could do it by myself Mm -hmm. so the next day i laid on the ground and i'm like let me see if i can meditate and i went into this deep trance where again my body was moving and when you're ready (laughs) to receive, even if you don't know that you're ready, but if you're open, things just start to come to you. So friends, we had never talked about spirituality or healers all of a sudden by me sharing like, oh my God, I had this crazy experience. They're like, oh, you should read this book. Oh, you should listen to this talk. Oh, this and that. Oh, uh, I came across this Theta Healer. What the fuck is Theta Healing? Like, Okay, I'm down. So that was the next modality that I experienced. Theta healing, which is a type of practice where it's accessing your subconscious. Like the practitioner asks you a series of questions to find out what your subconscious blocks are, and then you reprogram them.
1: Is it the same as shadow work? Or do you you team this up up with like, is it EMDR? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know EMDR. To like rewrite it?
0: Yes. Um, But it wasn't EMDRs through the eye, right? And then... This was just like, you just kind of go into meditative state where your brain waves are in the theta state. Yeah. So you're not fully, you're not asleep. You're not fully alert, but you're in this uh-huh. really relaxed state where it's the same state where you are in hypnosis. Yeah. So you're able to access the subconscious and then start to rewrite what's in there. I've, I've done some shadow
1: work with my coach. <laughs> Then I remember one of my first sessions, she's like, Oh, you're you're ready. We're just just close your eyes. She like guides me in. She starts asking me questions about like my parents, my childhood, my this. And she's like, you know, just whatever just don't think about it. Whatever comes to your brain, just comes out. And I remember blurting some shit out that woke me right up and I was like, Oh Oh, I was like, I didn't mean that. Like, did I say that? I didn't mean to say that. And it is wild just absolutely wild how much stuff we have stored yeah. and it's also even more fascinating to the age that your memories blocked off at oh yeah like I am blocked off like unless there was a like significant memory that I have or like a recurring theme of my childhood something that was like the quote-unquote norm mm-hmm. I got no memory of it I've fully blocked it off my childhood, wow. like fully blocked it off.
0: Have you been uncovering since you, oh, I've you experienced I've been the work
1: that? of uncovering. And let me tell you, it's not an easy. I'm like, I thought, no? okay, one session. We're going to be good. I'm like how many months deep? I'm like, it's getting worse. <laughs> it's like,
2: <laughs> I I so know. Much,
1: like you uncover one thing and you're like, and <laughs> it's like, like, it's a surprise. It's that it goes, there's always another that, layer. There's always another layer, but I think what's made me more fragile is that it's once you become aware, you can't turn that off. No. so in the past, when I would go down a an unhealthy behavior, that unhealthy my behavior might last me one, two, three, six months. and now the unhealthy pattern might last me a week or two weeks until I notice it and then i ha- I feel like I'm on this really quick up and down Mm -hmm. where I'm frustrated when half of me is still like executing unconscious behavior. But the conscious part of me is like, what the fuck are you doing? And then the other part's like, shut up. And then I just sit in the middle, like what is happening? (laughs) 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 And that's basically my life right now. (laughs) Yeah. But that sounds like huge progress. It is progress. And that's what I'm, it's really, and then we're going to go back to you because this is about you, but it's really interesting to be in the state that I'm in now where I don't like where I am. Mm -hmm. I'm very aware of where I am. And there's a lot of disappointment. There's a lot of shame. There's Mm -hmm. just a lot of sheer unhappiness to be like, I don't like where I am right now. Yeah. But having the awareness, and also having the ability to surrender to be like, it's okay, Mm -hmm. like where you are right now is okay. Mm -hmm. And have to like, work through these patterns, for how do I say this, like having the ability to understand that I'm in the process of working through these patterns. And and in the end, like this is temporary, where I am right now is temporary, because I'm in it for the long run. Does that
2: make sense. Absolutely.
0: The reason why I continue to do this, and I think why I even made it a profession is because ultimately, when you do all of this deep, heavy healing work, awareness, therapy, however you want to go about it, To me, that's getting closer to freedom. Yeah. And that is my personal ultimate goal to experience some sort of freedom where I'm not tied to my past experiences, where I'm not so easily triggered, where I'm not having an experience where then I'm like so upset for a week or two or longer or behaving in this passive aggressive way that I used to behave like Mm -hmm. I'm able to take ownership of my life. Of how I'm reacting, of what's upsetting me, change it, and then continue on.
1: Yeah. It's just so annoying that it sounds so easy. And I've been in this state for a month of just fighting with myself.
2: Yeah. And it's exhausting. Yeah. A month, even, even that,
0: a month isn't that long. I'm like, that's it?
1: (laughs) Well, I've been doing it for a while. This current month that I'm in just seems so like I'm in this like funk. Yeah that I can't get out of it. And I keep saying to myself like, it's so funny because it'll be like 10 o'clock, I'm in bed, I'm going to bed, I'm so inspired. I'm like, tomorrow we're doing it. And then I wake up and I'm like, eh, maybe not today. Yeah. And that's been going on for a month. And then I'm just like, what is wrong with you? Mm-hmm. What is wrong with you? Why is it so difficult to act in alignment with our highest self? So like that example of, okay, Allie, let's say you were the person you're like dreaming of being. Mm -hmm. You'd obviously have to, you know, do a few things every day that would support that lifestyle, that person. And that could be the way you act, what you're doing, how you eat, how you move, whatever it is that supports that highest self. And they just say like, it's energy, right? So you, you can get whatever you want. You just have to do the things that already do the things that your highest self would be doing and then it happens why can't i do the things that my high self <laughs> needs to do what why i have, have experienced
0: is so and what i have seen in my clients as well and what my teachers tell me is when you do a lot of work on yourself and healing there is a period of time where you need the integration yes so it might be that you're currently in the integration part where you've been seeing 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 doing 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 and now you're like right who am i (laughs) where am i going and just getting used to this new vibration where you are this new way of being and showing up for yourself and
1: unfortunately it does take time yeah i feel very triggered by the word integration because that's exactly where i am but yeah enough about me let's go back to you you're auditioning (laughs) you're in la you're doing commercial work yeah. And you then show up as your new self, you nail an audition. I'm like,
0: yes, this feels yeah. good. I want more <laughs> of this. I want to be sparkly at the time. <laughs> um, then I continue exploring different healing modalities. So I get trained to do theta healing. And yeah. it was nice. But then at the same time, I'm like, oh, this kind of feels like therapy. I don't really want to be people's therapist. During around the same time, that's when I discovered a breathwork class. And I had no idea what breathwork class was. It was some workshop at a crystal shop. And they're like, come and breathe. I'm like, all right, I'll go breathe. And they told us to, there were, I don't know, maybe like 10 people. We were laying on the ground and we were told to do this two-stage breathing where we're breathing from our diaphragm, from our chest, and then we're exhaling. They were playing music and while i was doing this breathing exercise my hands started to cramp up and get all tight and weird locked i was sobbing like snot running out of like it was Mm -hmm. whoa i couldn't believe that i was having this emotional release in public like with strangers next to me and again similar to like the very first healing experience that i that i had then afterwards i felt again light and sparkly, and colors look so bright outside. And I couldn't believe that by breathing, I was able to do that. Like, up until then, all of my healing experience, experiences had been one on one. So it was like, a healer, guiding me the whole time telling me what they were seeing in my space. But when I was doing the breath work, I was receiving messages, I was getting clear on what was blocking me or why I was unhappy. And I love that. Like, I'm like, yes, I can do that for myself. I can also help people um, in masses. So I decided to continue going to breathwork classes so that I can continue healing myself and just clearing. Um, and then I decided to do a training, and that was
1: about six years ago. So Oh, so you're like an OG breath worker.
2: Yes. Like breathworks
1: hit in the hit the market last year, the year before, and you're like old news. Yeah, I've been, been doing breath work. Where <laughs> you guys been? Okay, so let's talk about that for a second because one of the most frustrating things I find about the breath work industry is that when you explain to me what breath work is and that two part breath, the like the mm-hmm. yeah, uh, that was my first experience with it. Mm-hmm. Why does everyone have a different idea about what breath work is? Yeah. So breathwork is disappointed going to workshops. I'm like, this isn't what I want. I want the tingly, Mm. like, feel like I'm going to pass out OG breathwork. Like, I don't want a guided meditation that's telling me to take a deep breath.
0: So breathwork is kind of a general term that has a lot of different types of breathing. And... I think if you want a specific type, you should look for the two-stage pranayama breathing. If you want the okay. belly heart exhale. yes. Because if not, there are a bunch of others. There's rebirthing, there's holotropic, there's Wim Hof. Um, there's a lot of just like yogi breathing as well, right? And so that's gonna be different. In Kundalini, there's a ton of different breathing exercises. Mm-hmm. I'm obsessed at with the kundalini. end, me too, at the end, all types of breathing they just help change the way that you feel so if you are in a funk if you're not feeling great if you're feeling um, foggy in the brain low energy if you do some active breathing it's gonna help you feel lighter and clear-headed and more energized if you're looking to use breathing to go into a deep healing experience then you have to do it for longer and for that I recommend that you work with a practitioner, because a lot of stuff can come up that can be triggering and overwhelming, and it would be better to have someone walk you through it, guide you through it.
1: Right. So if people are doing breath work at home, keep it to like a 10, 15 mm-hmm. minute kind of thing. Yeah.
0: yeah. And I would listen to a meditation or something like that so that you also have the guidance and you're not thinking about like, wait, am I holding my breath in this moment or am I right. releasing? There's a lot of like fancy breathing of, you know, the four, seven, eight, where you're breathing to a f- count of four, holding to the count of seven.
1: That's so stressful I sent- for me. I know. It's like, like, I can't
0: keep track.
1: And I'm like, and your seven is different every time. Like <laughs> beat because it's getting longer and I stress and I can't do it. I'm like, no, I just like the rhythm. I think, I don't know, maybe it's because I dance as a child or mm. I'm I'm attracted to rhythm. It's easier for me to get into flow. Yeah. But I think that's why I like the two-step breath yeah. work or the Kundalini of just right. like that rhythm. It kind of puts you into a trance. It does. Whereas the other ones, I'm just like, I can't hold my breath for more than three seconds. I'm very stressed. Yeah, it
0: starts to get more mechanical. And again, there's a place for that. You know, Navy Seals use it, nurses use it when they need to get like hyper focused when they're in high stress situations, and mm-hmm. um, then that helps with that. But if you're looking to relax, then that (laughs) and you don't have the guidance that can also be stressful for people. And we don't want that.
1: Yeah. So that's it. You never went back to acting. You got out of L.A.
0: So I'm still in L.A. and I still have my agent. But again, when you put energy towards something and not so much on something else, then the other stuff starts to fade away. So I still actually I still work in commercials a couple times a year, just enough to qualify for insurance, (laughs) and then-
1: I should get into commercials.
0: Right? (laughs) And then um, the rest is my practice. And last year due to the pandemic, I mean, so much devastation and loss, but for my business, it's been incredible because everything had to go virtual. I used to just be like in-person create events and I had been wanting to go virtual because I knew how powerful it was nonetheless. But people were resistant to experiencing it virtually. And they're like, it's not gonna be the same. I wanna be with you. Mm-hmm. And then they had no choice and they're like, whoa, I can't believe that I had all these emotions come up. I can't believe all the sensations I had. Um, so from that, I gave, I gave birth to this community called Community Gathering. Maybe. Yes. And it's a free class that I host on Saturdays where people from all over the world join and we gather for 45 minutes and we breathe it out. So however you're feeling.
1: I'm going to come.
0: Yes, please do.
1: That's amazing. One of the things I've been avoiding in my monthly downward spiral is any form of meditation. Mm. Anything that I need to be doing, basically I haven't done for a month. Yeah. So it's been great.
0: Yeah. Well, (laughs) breathwork is also a an easier way to meditate for people who think they don't like it or who Mm -hmm. aren't good at it or find it really hard because it's stimulating. Not only are you actively breathing, but I also incorporate music into as a form of therapy where every class Mm -hmm. is a completely different playlist and it's contemporary music. So it's the lyrics of it takes you on a journey as well. And it's going to feel like a workout as you experience at the beginning, like doing the active breathing you might even have resistance from that. Cause your body's like, all I want to do is just lay down. I don't want to do the work. So there's mm-hmm. that extra push as well to like, all right, all these other people are doing it. Maybe I should. And Anna's telling me like, breathe, keep breathing. <laughs> Let yeah. me take a breath. And then yeah, you'll jump into it. And, and, and
1: I think different. it's just like any form of meditation. I practice TM and mm-hmm. then also on days where I'm feeling like extra resistance, I'll do something guided. Mm-hmm. Um, I started doing some more Joe Dispenza yeah. meditations. They're really funny. When he gets into his channeling voice, I'll be lying there. The, I remember the first time I listened to him I was like, I opened my eyes. I'm like, what the fuck <laughs> is going on? And I was like, I Where couldn't take it, it seriously. Me? Yeah, I was like laughing and it's like, okay, I have to start this meditation six times. <laughs> um, but I do find like, yeah, once I kind of was like, you know, three, four minutes into the breath work. I was like gone. It's just like, if you can, it's the resistance, right? The resistance to it where I'm like, oh, how long do I have to keep doing this for? How long has it been? Once you let go of that, your body just takes you on a journey.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There's also for some people, the perfectionists who want to make sure they're doing it right. So they get caught up in the technique and they start to worry like, I don't think I'm breathing right. Like, did I just breathe from my belly? I don't think it's moving. Um, So it's also an exercise to let go (laughs) and start to feel comfortable with the discomfort. That's one of the big reasons why therapists suggest breath work for their patients who have anxiety, because some of the symptoms or some of the physical sensations that you might experience while doing breath work can mimic having an anxiety attack. So Mm -hmm. having your body get really hot, having like tingling, having your body start to contract, and your body is not having a panic attack when you're doing breathwork, if anything. You're really oxygenating your body. You're starting to release endorphins, um, serotonin, and so all these feel-good hormones, but you just have this different association with the physical sensation. So it's you starting to trust your body again and feeling comfortable letting yourself feel and have your body heal heal itself because your body knows how to do that. So it's been really cool to guide people who suffer from like serious anxiety through through the breath work as well as well and um, help them manage that.
1: I remember there's like a few instances as a kid I remember having a panic attack even probably within the last four or five years for sure times that I've had panic attacks and I think the first time I I did breath work it was a bit triggering. Yeah. I was like, Oh, no, I don't like this feeling. The only yeah. time I've had this feeling, it's been associated with bad. So I was, it was kind of like hesitant, but yeah, very so happy.
0: The way that I do my guidance now is that if for you, that is very triggering, and you do, if you've had panic attacks in the past, I suggest that instead of doing the open mouth breathing, which is going to get an even more oxygen into your body that you just do nose breathing, still doing the two-stage breathing, mm-hmm. but it will be more gentle. It's not going to overwhelm your nervous system. And you'll, you'll be able to build up on it so that yeah. you don't have like a major freak out for a session and then you never want to do it ever
1: again. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so now that we're on the topic of anxiety, let's dive into it. I remember... Okay, so I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression when I was 26 years old. And the only reason I was diagnosed was because I was suicidal. I had to go on a stress leave from work. I had to go on anti anxiety medication or depression um, on an antidepressant. I had to take a stress leave. It was a very overwhelming time in my life. Um, I also think back to that year. And one thing I can appreciate from like, what was that, five or six years ago, the transformation of the online space has been so great to have access to discussions around mental health that allow for there to be less of a stigma. Yeah. I found it like, I just find it wild that how, how did I live my entire life thinking this was normal? Right. That's all I knew. Yeah. Yeah. All I knew was to be in that constant state of either my brain never shutting off, Mm -hmm. like my brain does not shut off. Mm -hmm. And I mean, depression is a whole other beast of, you know, having days where you feel like you can't control your thoughts and there are days you can't move. You just feel completely paralyzed by it. So I'm definitely appreciative for the platform or the way social media has helped to destigmatize Mental health. But now I just, I'm in this, like, how do how do I vocalize this? Just say it. I also feel a little bit annoyed.
2: <laughs> like, yep. I'm just
1: going to say it. This is my show. I feel a little bit annoyed that I'm feeling like it's a buzzword. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone's like, I have anxiety. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm depressed. Or I have to, like, go do, I have to go on this trip for my mental health. And I'm like, I'm feeling a little bit that it's a little bit insensitive here because if you really had to like go on your trip it's not the way you going on a trip is not how you cure your mental health yeah yeah if you've been in my situation mm-hmm. going on a trip would have not been the way to cure me mm-hmm. <laughs> or assist or make that change that i need to make so while i'm a little bit annoyed with how it's kind of like anxiety has become like a verb <laughs> I'm grateful of the, of the conversation started by social, but I think this year has really just shown how, I don't know, I think anxiety has resurfaced for me in a different way. And then when I was reading your website, you were talking about high fun- high functioning anxiety. And I was like, oh, we need to talk about this because I feel like I'm the queen of high functioning anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> And I think a lot of people have it and they don't realize that they have it. That's how
0: I was for the majority of my life where I never had suicidal thoughts or anything like that. But given my childhood, it was a very volatile, felt dangerous. I never felt safe or supported. And um, now as an adult, I... know that my dad was drinking because he suffers from anxiety and he was using alcohol to self-medicate. My mom suffers from anxiety. She has yet to treat it. Um, she's like the opposite where she's afraid to take anything or go to doctors, but now she has nervous tics and she grinds her teeth and she has, you know, just other health issues. And so I grew up around that. And that was just kind of normal, mm-hmm. but I did n- there were just like moments where my body, so I didn't use alcohol to soothe my anxiety, but I used running long distance running to try to stop the noise in my mind. And I loved running, but I also used it as a way to punish myself. So I would run like 12 miles a day to the point where my knees were like swollen and I would still push through Because I wanted to prove something and also like as a way kind of to like punish myself. So there was that. There was also, I would start to scratch my skin to the point until I would break the skin. And it almost wasn't even conscious at first. Like, And then once you start, you just have that place for me was like in my lower, on my calf. And... It was like the place that I would go to, to just like whenever I was starting to feel really anxious and out of control, I would just kind of go there and it feels good and then it gets kind of painful. And so I would do
1: that. to me with my nails. Yeah. That's why I can't have, I have to have extensions on or else my hands as a child were embarrassing. You would pick at them? Oh, pick, bite, chew, yeah. rip, like hands constantly in my mouth to the point of pain and I would just keep doing it mm-hmm. then in my 20s
0: um I started to develop skin issues so I had eczema I would also have weird like warts on my face herpes on my face like weird shit where my dermatitis I would asked my dermatologist, I'm like, what is happening? Why am I getting, and plus I was making money off of my face. So it was really inconvenient and also embarrassing to have this stuff. And she's like, I-, I don't know how to, I don't know why you're, so stuff like that. Then I started to have IBS issues where I would be bloated. I would have diarrhea. My stomach would always hurt. Grinding my teeth. That was another thing that I started to do. Um, I started to get really paranoid too. So every time that I would leave my house, I would have to drive back to make sure I turned off the curling iron or I didn't leave the stove on or like whatever it is, I wasn't trusting myself. And then I started to get also nervous tics where I was counting on my fingers constantly. And I'm like, whoa, okay, my body is telling me something is wrong. And I just keep on like, that's weird. I don't know why it's happening um and that was during the time where finally like i was having just terrible issues in my relationship and we started to do couples therapy and that's when the couple therapist said i really recommend that you do individual therapy because you have a lot of trauma that you need to that it would be helpful to look at so i did um a type of psychotherapy called istdp intensive short-term dynamic psychotherapy and i loved it it was Um, a combination of body awareness and then also psychotherapy. So I was guided to connect to where the trauma was living in my body, the anger, the sadness, the fear. And like literally my body, as I was like remembering a memory, an experience, like my body would twitch or my leg would want to kick. And then during that time, that's when I started to discover these other healing modalities. So... That was how the anxiety manifests in me. And during the pandemic, it also got triggered again. Like since then, you know, I have tools to help manage it. But the pandemic just really put me into survival mode the same way that most everyone went into. And I started to, I got my IBS symptoms back where I had constant diarrhea every day, didn't matter what I ate. Um, I was starting to be hypervigilant and just my whole nervous system was was out of control, um, constantly in the fight or flight. So in addition to my breath work, I've had to seek additional help to just help manage my body, <laughs> the tension in my body. I've been working with a cranial sacral therapist that has been really incredible in helping my body learn how to regulate itself and know how to rest because I too, like last week, I supposedly went on a vacation and the whole time I basically worked. Yep. So it's still, or my mind is always thinking like, what do I have to do next? Right? So yep. it's having to be shining light on that and be like, no, okay. There's always going to be something to do, but for the next three hours, I'm just going to dip in this pool and just chill. Um, so I've been really, conscious of things that I use to soothe myself that aren't really getting to the core, but it's just a temporary banding. And sometimes that's what we need, you know, to get us through whatever situation we're currently needing or currently going through and to be in a place where maybe we have more capacity, time, whatever, to then really go in and, and look at what is upsetting us, what triggered this anxiety again, what's going on. But yes, unfortunately, unfortunately, it's a never ending journey. It can be. And there's, there's always another layer to look at. And even though like the whole dad alcoholism thing, I thought that I was like done with it. And then recently it came up mm-hmm. in another healing session. I'm like, oh my God. Uh, and for me, it's like, I don't trust anyone. So yeah. I feel like I have to do everything myself. Yeah. And life will prove to me even when I lean in and hire someone to help me or like reach out for help. They don't follow through or they like don't do it exactly the way that I wanted to. And it's like, see, you can't trust anyone. So having to go back and give a lot of love to the little girl that feels like mom and dad can't keep me safe so that I can start to trust people because I
1: can't do it all alone. The body and brain is a wild place. It's crazy. It's incredible. It's freaking insane. So I'm on a wait list to see a somatic therapist that a bunch of my girlfriends go to see. And I got diagnosed with a hormonal issue a few years ago. I've I've been dealing with the skin and weight issues for that. It's been like almost three fucking years. I'm losing my brain.
2: Yeah.
1: And the more I do start to dive into inner child, the more I dive into spiritual, emotional work, the similarities of where, like what I'm feeling and, and how things are linked, how things are tied together. My body, I'm starting to think like you're not holding on, like I'm, my, my body is expanding because I'm protecting myself from something. Mm. My body is expanding because I'm in scarcity. You know what I mean? It feels the need to hold or store. And it's not. uh, And I'm starting to believe that because the the weight fluctuation is so rapid. And it feels sometimes like it's inflammation. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, how do I just gain two inches around my knees? Mm. You know what I mean. Yeah. There's a lot of inflammation. How is my face really swollen today? Yeah. How how you know how how is it possible that I feel like I've gained 20 pounds in a month when
2: right.
1: we know that that's probably not possible for mm-hmm. me to do unless I was really doing things to induce that mm-hmm. that outcome. So I think going back to that stuff I'm experienced where I'm so frustrated where it's like. What are you really holding on to? what mm-hmm. is the resistance here and it always comes down to that it's comp it's simple but it's complicated at the same oh, yeah. time. It's so easy to say you want change and every second we have the ability to make a difference d- make a different do something different. But so many times we choose the comfort of the stories we tell ourselves so we can continue telling those stories about ourselves yeah you know oh i'm i'm not worthy i am fat i am this i'm not good enough i am this and it's like yeah well if i just keep doing the things that i'm doing i'm just justifying the story that i can keep telling myself so i can keep telling myself that mm-hmm. And it sounds so easy to just stop, except it's so, it's so deep rooted and so subconscious. Yeah. (laughs) In combination with the pattern of it being, it's your comfort zone. That's all. If I think about it, I'm like, that's all I've known for X amount of years. I can't just change that overnight. But then I also ask myself, like, why can't I? What is so hard to change about it? like the interesting thing about this somatic therapy thing is, so one of the things I'm, I'm struggling with is really bad cystic acne. And after a few years of trying to cure it every natural way possible, I finally, I've finally caved and have started Accutane. Mm-hmm. And um, one of my girlfriends is telling me that this area of your face, um, your chin area, your jawline is attached to self-hatred mm. in somatic therapy. And I'm like, what are the odds? Wow. Direct correlation with things that I feel about myself. Yeah. You know, how where females store emotion, mm-hmm. stress, hips, low back, mm-hmm. direct correlation with where my injuries have been. Mm-hmm. Hips, low back. Yeah. You know, where you like other places where you store tension and emotion and I just think I wish more and I was so closed off to energy work and I was so closed off to spirituality until I felt like I was at a place where I was like, anybody help me. I didn't feel like I really related to religion. So that was my like mercy call of like anything, but I wish more people were open to just listening to their bodies and not always feeling like they needed to treat a sickness. Mm -hmm. And I'm only realizing that now because Not that I don't respect doctors, not that I don't appreciate Western medicine or any of that at all, but I just find it so wild that so many of the things I experienced are directly correlated to emotions that I'm feeling and we just don't consider that a priority as a part of our healing. It's like, just take this drug, just take this pill, just do this.
0: Well, I think part of it is because there isn't that information. I mean, the internet, it's like everywhere. But thank goodness for people like yourself who are vulnerable and who are willing to share your story so that people get exposed to it. Because if you don't know, then yeah, you're just going to go to yeah. the doctor and you're going to be given antibiotics or whatever it is. Yeah. And you're telling them, wait, but it's not helping. And like, I challenge my doctors all the time and they get mad. Like, it's not a safe place for you to like even ask questions or... Or have them, you know, so it, I think having conversations like this is such a huge gift that you're giving to people because yes, our, our bodies do store trauma. Um, There's a book called The Body Keeps Score written by a psychologist. And if we don't address it, it continues to show up and -hmm. there's so many affirmations that we can do. There's also so much, you know, breathing. But that's why my breathwork sessions, when you work with me one-on-one, I'm also a clairvoyant. So I'm doing a soul communication. So we are doing that digging work. We are having you reflect on that memory that is trapped in your lower back or that's locked in your jaw. What is it that you Mm -hmm. haven't been able to share? Um, And so through that movement of, active breathing and then also my clairvoyant guidance like we're able to have huge breakthroughs and and release that but i i get the the frustration and the like i just wanted to be over like i just want to be better
1: it's funny though the interesting part is going back to i'll just keep comparing it to where i'm feeling right now whenever i'm feeling the most angry like i'm feeling it even even this conversation right now i'm so mad at myself I can feel my clothes fitting differently. I can feel, and I'm so hyper-focused on how everything feels right now. It's so amplified. But the, instead of just, (laughs) I feel like the only thing my body is trying to say to me, is like, okay, you hear me now? Like, how loud do I need to scream? How, what do we need to do for you to notice me? Mm -hmm. And how many times do you want to do this? Yeah, (laughs) It's like my body being like, game on. Yeah. (laughs) Let's go. Oh, you want to do it again? Okay, we'll do it again.
0: And sometimes people continue to ignore throughout their whole life, and they don't do anything. And in part, I believe that we also have past lives, and we can come back, and we are different ages and different souls. And so depending on the age of your soul, I think also has to do with how much Uh, healing and growing, you are open to doing. And the other thing that I was thinking of when you were sharing your story, and that I see in a lot of my clients is that when you do actually commit to doing the work, your life is going to change. And that means that probably people in your life are going to leave or like, Mm -hmm. big drastic changes are going to happen. And that also feels scary. And that's a big loss. And Um, it doesn't have to be but my own personal experience when I started my healing journey like people start to react to you like they get triggered because they feel threatened that you're changing or who are you now thinking that you're better this and that and so sometimes then we like shrink back and we're like okay let's continue being at the same level as our tribe what we know so that everybody's comfortable and you're nobody's like disrupting the status quo but that Your body's telling you that doesn't feel, that's not supportive anymore. We need to be in a different place. We need to do something different.
1: Yeah, I think that was one of the biggest and best lessons I've ever learned. And I didn't learn it until I was probably 28 or 29 years old. (laughs) Why does no one teach us about needs and boundaries? Hmm. And it's okay to just, establish, you know, these are my needs and these are my boundaries and these are non-negotiables for me. So when I started to get firm in that, you know, I just meet you right now. It's so easy to express that. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that we now have needs and boundaries that are non-negotiables and we have to go to our friends who don't respect mm-hmm. them exactly, who or won't accept them. Yeah. We have to now tell our parents that the way they communicate with us doesn't work for us yeah. because we're stuck in that old old way of thinking. Well, it's like, I have to respect my parents. It's like, you can still respect your parents and have needs and boundaries that are honored. Mm-hmm. And you just have to have those really difficult conversations with people yeah. to allow your tra- your friendships and relationships to transform. But those got to be non-negotiables. And they're difficult. But one of the most beautiful things that happened to me this year, especially when, you know, we got blessed with a lot of time <laughs> to think about our actions. Yeah. Like a lot of time. I lost my whole business. I had a lot of time, a lot of time to think. Yeah. <laughs> but I started to really, really notice different groups around me and actually just say, like, how can I transform my friendships? Because different friendships, I can have different expectations. I can have different expectations on different people. And I can go to certain people like for girls night out. I want to have wine. I want to, you know, have fun. I want to go out, drink it, whatever it is. Like I can have that. Mm -hmm. And then I can have my girlfriend that I know if I'm going through something, she's going to give, tell me what I need to hear to support or whatever it is. And just, it really made me feel more solid in my relationships because I also didn't have expect the same expectations for everyone, which resulted in a letdown. That's really helpful. Cause I know for me, I lost friendships
0: during the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, we, like the stuff that we would do to um, I guess have things in common, were are no longer there. Yeah. And so now it's like, we're stripped down. It's like, do we still have stuff in common? Not really. And I just went through a really difficult situation. Like my dog just died. Has she stepped up? Was she there? No. Okay. Okay. Well, then I just need to let that go. And it's not easy and it's painful. But you also then start to attract new people into your life and people who are able to show up for you where you are right now in your life.
1: Yeah. You can't not transform. You can't get, you can't not go to where you want to be because you're afraid of what other people are going to think of you. No. Like your not friendships, happen. your relationship shouldn't be the one holding you back. Yeah. Yeah. goes back to that really, you know, cliche quote of like, you are like the, I don't know how many best people around you.
0: Mm-hmm. The average. Um, <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. But, whatever yeah. That quote is. <laughs> But it's true. You really Absolutely. are. Yeah. Okay. We really went off there. Let's go back before we wrap this up. I would love you to give some tips on how people can maybe start to cope. I feel like we're going into a new phase of the pandemic where it's like, I'm hitting wall number seven, I'm disengaged, I'm not interested, is this still happening? You know, we're hitting that year mark. So what are some ways that you would recommend people maybe to ask themselves, do I have anxiety? Or maybe they need help navigating it, practices, all that good stuff. Yeah, I would
0: suggest that to your point first, like kind of take inventory of what's going on with your body, so listening to your body Get really quiet, I know it's uncomfortable. I know that it's so much easier to have music on or like be on our phone scrolling, being on Netflix, like all of the things that we use to to distract, but just spend one minute, start with one minute of just being with yourself and starting at the top of your head, going all the way down to your feet, do a quick body scan and just start to notice what physical sensations your body is holding onto. Are your shoulders up at your ears? Is your stomach, does it feel like it has knots in it? Is your jaw really tense? Do you have a headache? Um, are your hips locked?
1: And just starting to notice I feel that. feel attacked I'm like, yeah, yes, check, to all. Check, check, all of the check. above.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so then having that information, it's like, okay, my body's stressed. And then maybe taking it a step, like doing the next step. What can I do to support it? in this moment so that I can start to release some tension? Is it stretching? Is it getting in the bathtub? Is it going outside and standing in the sun for five minutes? Is it Mm -hmm. dancing? Like what is going to help nurture my body, help it feel safe, help it feel loved?
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I would recommend that. And one thing that I'm trying to do for myself in this next wave of that pandemic a year later (laughs) is trying to add more play because I have not had any play at all. I have been, for me, it's been like business. It's just been do, 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 survival. And I know we're still limited on what we can do, but if it's like, I don't know, treat yourself or put on your, create a playlist of your favorite music and just like, Shake it out or have a dance party or get food from your favorite restaurant. You know, just play. Check in with your little girl. What did you like to do when you were a child? Was it like coloring? Was it riding a bike? Was it eating a favorite ice cream? You know, whatever it is, just adding that into your life as well is going to feel like you're taking care of yourself.
1: I started tap dancing this year. Oh, awesome.
2: That's was so awesome. good. Yeah. That was also,
1: I really love that you said that. That was my word for this year. Play. Play. Yeah. It gets to a point where we just get so caught up in the that hustle culture that mm-hmm. like busy. It's like it's, it's we've glorified being busy. Mm-hmm. And I've been busy for the last three years. And then when I didn't have my work, I was like, oh, well, what do I have right now? Mm-hmm. And once you can get past the grief of that, it's like, now we got a canvas here. Like photography was my hobby, my passion Mm. project. And now it's my job. Mm. So I'm not taking my camera outside to play with because I don't want to work all the time. I actually realized, I'm like, I actually don't have any passion projects anymore. And then the podcast was born. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love that you said play. Yeah, People need to play more. We take ourselves so seriously. Absolutely. We see it as a waste of time. We see it as um,
0: luxury, as yeah. privilege.
2: Yeah.
0: And okay, it can be, but it's so necessary.
1: And play doesn't mean going out to the bar and drinking.
0: No, it can be <laughs> really anything. It can be for free. Like whatever it is that's going to make you smile, whatever is going to bring this like, sense of joy relief it's gonna be so helpful yeah yeah and then obviously I always say breathe (laughs) so the simplest thing just breathe from your belly just check in throughout your day what are you doing is are you holding your breath right now take a deep belly breath and slow exhale and that's it you'll start to feel different immediately
1: that was nice to just do that yay (laughs) yeah Anna, thank you so much thank for being Allie. out with me today. You just let us know where we can find you, what you're up to, how yeah. people can connect with you. Are you taking clients? I oh, am.
0: Yeah. So if anyone can identify with anxiety and feeling stressed and overwhelmed, I created a program last year called Breathwork for Anxiety. There are gentle practices, breathing exercises to help alleviate the symptoms of anxiety. So it starts with body awareness and there's nine different meditations. um, And then it goes into guiding you to go to your happy place to bring in some joy. So I have that and you can find that on feelcomtoday.com. And then my other work you can find on my website, annalilia.net, And I work with women one-on-one. And so for anyone that's ready to go deep in this healing journey, we use breath work as the modality, and as I mentioned, my clairvoyant. So we really uh, do accelerated healing. It's a six-week program, 90 minutes. You also get recorded meditations with it. And my clients have just really transformed their lives with my reset program. So I have that as well. Yeah, I love that. And my free offering, the community gathering. So Saturdays at 10 o'clock Pacific time. We hop on a Zoom link and we breathe together. And that has also been really beautiful. Again, people from all over the world, the oldest community member is 95. We have oh children breathing with their parents. We have pets joining. It's it's a lot of fun. It's been beautiful to, to do that on a weekly basis too.
1: That's so amazing. I will definitely be there on some Saturdays and I'll also for sure share that with my community. I Thank think you. the women would be super interested in that. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Unfiltered with Allie. Just a friendly reminder that I have new episodes that drop every single week, including some bonus content called Honey Check, co-hosted with my best friend, Jenna Garrell, where we catch up for some classic girl talk. If you like what you heard, please be sure to subscribe to the show. And of course, leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. Not only do I love hearing what you guys think of the episodes, but it helps support the show so much. Lastly, be sure to connect with me over on Instagram at unfiltered with Allie. You'll be able to access a ton of extra content from each of the episodes, slide into my DMs, and you can find the link for my free online Facebook community. This is designed for inspiring badass women all around the world. I can't wait
2: to chat with you next week. Bye.